0: Besser centers, and here's Peterson scores. Nice. Everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of the Avid Discussers Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Ray, per usual. Short episode today. Pretty short one, because free agency will open up tomorrow. It is Thursday afternoon, the day I'm recording this, and I will be recapping the 2020 NHL draft in a bit. So, let's just get into it. And the draft was held yesterday and the day before. That's Tuesday and Wednesday. The first round. Um, there were a few surprises, like, I did not expect Marco Rossi to fall to ninth to Minnesota, but here they are. Here we are, he did. And I think Ottawa or Buffalo should have took him, but uh, Minnesota got a gem there, and Judd Brackett, uh, he must have enjoyed that pick, and he must have enjoyed denouncing the picks too. Maybe that's why he, he left. Um, Penny didn't want to let him announce the picks. So, to no one's surprise, Alexi Lafreniere went first overall to the New York Rangers. Man, the Rangers are going to be scary. Panarin, Lafreniere, they have a bunch of other prospects in the pipeline. So, that. New York, they stocked up pile on picks. And they just went for it. Are just going for a full rebuild and they want to get back to contending status as soon as possible. Um, the, Vancouver- the Canucks, they did not have a first round pick or a second round pick. They didn't pick until the third round. Um, New Jersey, well, you all know that the Canucks traded their first round pick to the Lightning for JT Miller and Light- the Lightning traded that. To the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Blake Coleman. Now, the New Jersey Devils have the 20th overall pick. That's where the Canucks would have been if they had not traded their pick. But they selected a defenseman from the gel. and Lord forgive me, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Shakir Muhammad Dullen. Muhammad I, I don't know but try saying that 3 times fast. And I I am so sorry for every play by play guy because that is going to be really that's a really tough name to pronounce. Um there was also the with the last pick. Uh, the Sharks took Ozzy Wiseblatt from Prince Albert and Doug Wilson Jr., their director of amateur scouting. He made the pick using sign language. Because Ozzy Wiseblood's mother apparently is deaf. And I thought that was pretty classy. And of course we can't forget about the greatest pick of all time. The third overall pick. The Ottawa Senators. They took Tim Stutzla from Mannheim. Which I pretty much expected. And they got Alex Trebek. From Jeopardy. To make that pick. That was just cool. Celebrity fan. Maybe the Canucks should get like Ryan Reynolds. To... As Deadpool. To announce their picks next year like... You know, it's like you'd be like the first the Canucks select so and so in his foul mouth Deadpool costume, that'd be cool. Or they can let Michael Bublé sing the pick, I don't know. Um Speaking of the Canucks, they did not pick until round three, as I mentioned, eighty second overall, and they took Yoni Yermo. a, a big Finnish defenseman. And he plays with Joskrit of the Finnish League. The Finnish Junior League, of actually. 28 points in 43 games. And this is actually a pretty good pick. He's skilled. He's got good speed. He has size, but he has a mobility. Like, he's big, but he can move the puck well. And he's a good passer, too. And scouts have said that um he improved a lot in this draft and though his defensive awareness and decision making uh he still needs work on that they believe he can work it out too. And Elite Prospects and JD Burke in their draft guide they said, let me bring it up here that they pre- actually, no, they projected that Yermo would go 46th. Well, yet they had him in 46th in their draft ranking. They say he's smooth skating, lends to carving large swaths of ice, and carrying the puck from one zone to the next, sometimes effort- effortlessly. His speed makes him one of the best puck rushers in the finished U20. He accelerates well while he's already in motion and is a deceptive skater in the neutral zone with crossovers and change of pace. But I like the sound of that. I really do like the sound of that. So overall, this guy could be a top 4 defenseman for the Canucks one day. Might take a few years in Finland, maybe in Utica, or wherever a farm team will be in the future. But I like that pick. Now I don't know much about the other picks, but I'm just going to read them off here from the hockey writers. Jackson Kunz was taken in the 4th round, 113th overall. 6'3", 209 pound left winger. Now I'm not going to know pretend that I know a lot about him and I'm just gonna read it off here what his strengths and weaknesses are. His strengths include open space, going to soft areas of coverage, and great off puck movement. But the hockey writer says uh, his upside and skating are questionable. In round 5 they took Jacob Triscott, 18 year old defenseman, who will play for Quinn Hughes' alma mater, University of Michigan, Michigan? Sorry, he has 21 points with the U.S. Under 18 team last year. And Scott could be an Alex Edler type defenseman, according to the NHL Network panel. And the player he looks up to, none other than Quinn Hughes. So Scott is six foot one, 179 pounds, two-way defenseman. He's got a good shot and his skating ability. Uh, he is inconsistent defensively, and he is not not as big, but he can add strength. Well, size doesn't really matter in today's NHL. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. In round six, they took a, took a Russian centerman, Dmitry Zlodiev. He plays for Dynamo Krasnogorsk of the VHL. Oh, right now, but last year he played for MHK Dynamo Moscova of the MHL. Five foot 11, 183 pounds as a two way forward. And it says here that his strengths come from vision, his shot, and defensive awareness. But he doesn't fare well in board battles. And their final pick they took Victor Persson. Person? Yeah. Is a Swedish defense standing at 6'2", 192 pounds. He was supposed to play with the Blazers, but with the season postponed, he's playing in Europe for Brynas IF. I believe that's in Sweden. 18 points through 26 games with the club. Uh, yep. The Canucks took three defensemen this year. and didn't take any last year. Um, Harrison's a good right-handed uh, defenseman to this group, out. I'm reading here, and not these are these are pretty good picks from what I've been reading, especially the Uramal one, and they each have potentials to be steals. You never know. So most people, from what I read, gave the Canucks like a B to a C plus. Let me take a look at some draft grades. Though Corey Perlman gave gave them a D, but others have been giving him like a B and C+. Plus. C at EP ringside. Oh wait, I need to pay for that. How about Bleacher Report? They, they gave Vancouver a B, so... It depends who is who. I'm not going to pretend I know much about the prospects, and I know how well they did, so they won't get a litter grade from me. But it seems like they had a pretty good draft, despite not having the first and second round picks. And I'm pretty pretty excited for that Yermo kid, and hopefully uh, he improves his decision making, defensive awareness, because he could be be a solid top four defenseman for the Canucks. He has that potential. All right, so now the draft is over, and let's focus on the next part of the offseason. And that is the chaos that is free agency. Okay, so there were some developments coming out of the Canucks camp today and yesterday. Let me bring up Rick Dollywall here. Dollywall Wall says that Toffoli will hit the market tomorrow. And he said yesterday that Tyler Toffoli, um, you know, what was going to go to the market because the Canucks can't clear cap space, which sucks because the Canucks gave up a second and Madden for him. And this trade already... If, trade is starting to look bad since there's the likelihood of him signing somewhere and Troy Stetcher they did not qualify him yesterday but they qualified a bunch of other guys excuse me take a look uh here they qualified Jake Furtanen Justin Bailey Bro. Jalen Chatfield, Adam Guthead Jake Kylie, Tyler Mott and Jake Rutan which is good but especially Godhead and Mott but it kind of sucks that Stetcher didn't receive a qualifying offer and he is going to test the market I like Troy Stetcher I think he is the best Canucks right handed defenseman and the fact that he can go somewhere else kind of hurts. He is pretty reliable. He's got a good shot. Provides some offense. And he works hard too. And I love his puck skills, his puck movement. And I'm going to miss it. But people on Twitter say he is replaceable. And in a way, he kind of is. And going to miss... Wine art tweeting Troy from Richmond and others tweeting short King season. I'm gonna miss that. He signed somewhere else, but there is still a chance that they could that he could circle back. But Dan Murphy said that's not in the cards. And then Talherto, Jacob Markstrom, Elliot Friedman said that Calgary and Edmonton are taking a look at him. Honestly, it's going to suck if he goes there, but no more than, like, five or six million for Markstrom. And it looks like Chris Tanev's days in Vancouver are done. So there's a chance that the Canucks could lose to Foley, Stetcher, Tanev, and Markstrom because of cap space issues. And now this kind of sucks, and They had no cap issues because they overspend on bottom six and and weren't careful with the cap. I had a feeling this would happen. They can't keep some some good players because of the cap space. Maybe if they didn't overspend on Jay Beagle or Tyler Myers or Louis Erickson or Brandon Sutter, we'd be in a contending position right now. Like, it's fine if you're a cup contender and you have cap issues, but the Canucks are not a cup contender, and they aren't. And these cap issues are preventing them from becoming one. Like if the Canucks had cap, didn't have the cap issues, they could have signed someone like they could have, or at least gone after a guy like Alex Petrangelo or Temmy Panarin last year. But instead, we got J. B. on the fourth line and Tyler Myers on defense. We're getting way overpaid. Jim Benning. If only he managed the cat well. He, like, sure grit, good in the room, and all that. But come on, you got to think long term here. Now we can't keep, or we can't resign our MVP. It's always it's unlikely. Team MVP. The Canucks' best right-handed right-handed defenseman is going to go to the to the market, and. Tyler Foley, who has looked great on the top six football Horvat, and they gave up quite a bit, a bit for him, is likely going to be gone too because of this dead weight contract. It's like. And Pedersen and Hughes, they're going to want new deals soon. Pedersen's next season. And Hughes is. Well, I think they're both next season. So. I don't know here I really don't know it's it's insane how a team like this has cap issues we're not a contender yet so if you're you gotta spend wisely here and no they didn't buy out anyone because I guess they didn't want to commit money in the future to someone that's not on the roster, which is fine. But Sutter and Berchie would have been my ideal candidates to buy out, one or the other. But it's alright. Like, come on. You overspent on average bottom six players. About 23 million per season to them. That's about 30 40% of the cap? Oh dear and this is going to be it's going to be a it's a major roadblock for this franchise ahead it's like the the block the wall between the tunnel and contending status cap issues it's blocking them it really is and dolly wall has made some updates recently he said anton kudobin who is going to hit the market is hot, has vancouver high on his list in case Jacob Markstrom doesn't resign, I I wouldn't hate it, but how much is he going to want? Let me take a look at Kudobin's next contract, and he'd be a very good mentor for Demko, for that's for sure. He's thirty-four years old though, and goalies in their thirties, yeah, I don't think so. They decline. He is on a two-year contract at $2.5 million. If you do something like that, that would work. Because, again, there's the expansion draft. And the Canucks could could protect Demko. And then expose Kudobin to Seattle. It could work. I wouldn't hate it. And apparently Luke Shen is... Interested in. Turning to Vancouver. Or the Canucks are interested in. Luke Shen. Returning to Vancouver. I I would like that. Because of the whole. Drunk on Shen thing. And he played well with. With Quinn Hughes in. His first few games. And it was a good mentor to him. But. Let me. Take a look here. And he'll be cheap. But do we really do the Canucks really need need him? They could. But it would be a good pickup. But at the right price, like a one year at a minimum. And if Stature goes, they actually do need him for that right side. So it'll be interesting tomorrow for free agency and I will be up early for it because I will decide that editors won't be around for the Kanaka way and I will be hopefully first come first serve writing about the new free agents that have signed. So I will be up early for that so once again hope you enjoyed this quick episode uh, thank you for your support even if you just listen once you can Leave, us a review, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Some constructive criticism would be nice. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at joshray 91 Follow the podcast at Abbott Discussers on Twitter and Instagram. And we are also on Facebook. Just search up Abbott Discussers Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this quick episode. And we'll have a regular episode coming out on Saturday or Sunday. I'll see. And I'll announce my featured guests. Soon. Probably tonight or tomorrow. So, peace out.